previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. And we did sell that I know of two TKBK burger and fry combos for $13.27, which is a dollar more than we normally charge. So thank you to the Littles that have purchased uh, an exorbitant priced hamburger and fry combo. Someone's got to go get that ball. A little souvenir into section 116, the little section. The little section just got a foul ball. No one caught it. Oh, oh and a good little oh. giving it to the young fan. You can thank Mr. Tony for that, kid. There is a podcast about this podcast. That must be Roxy and Chuck, Michael. Yeah. A podcast about this podcast. <laughs> One would think that this podcast would be enough. No. You can never have enough, Tony. Never, never, never enough, Tony. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, hey Littles. Littles. Roxy, are you still feeling the buzz? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm totally feeling the buzz. And then to get a couple shout outs on this week's and last week's Tony Kornheiser show has just been amazing. Yeah. Now, we were supposed to have Ritz. Ritz was supposed to be here. And we really wanted him this episode because it might be his last episode ever. Um, and that's because this is the portion of the podcast of things the listeners will care nothing about. Yep. But Ritz wanted to make mention that Ritz and I are facing off head to head this Thursday, Central Park, 1130 a.m., Be There, Be Square. The Sondheim Sluggers against the Come From Mulan teams in the Broadway Show League. Yes. We both made it to the finals. We're going head to head. The championship. For the championship. This is for the championship. Now, like I said, no one cares about that, but he just wanted me to make reference. And if he thinks if they win that he's ever coming back on this podcast again, he's got another thing coming to him. So <laughs> you might want to talk to your team, Ritz. And I don't know. You might want to talk to your pitcher. <laughs> we might have an eight men out situation here. Oh, man. Um, but anyway, speaking of baseball, hey, O's fans, how's that feel? I just want to say this real quick. For years, I've hated playing the, the Baltimore Orioles at the end of the season, even when they stink. Now, mm -hmm. they're good this year they i'm are. not gonna say they're great they're they're i actually think they are great considering where they've been they're the fun, last couple they're years fun to root it's, been for. A, it's been a fun year for them and i'm so happy for them i really am i've always said if our team's not in it which they pretty much are not they're just not in it nope i always root for them however at the end of the year every time when we're in it or chasing the yankees for a wild card we always play those just pesky orioles in <laughs> september and they always bring these like rookies up and they have something to prove so they always kick our ass i'm yeah. just gonna say it they yeah. always do well, we've had a little reverse fortune there over the weekend, and I kind of feel bad for it because here we are. We're now kind of pulling for the Orioles, but we're not going to root against the Red Sox either. So it's a tough, tough thing. But I just liked uh, I, I said that to Tiny Chuck. I'm like, how do you like them apples? You know, a little taste of your own medicine because they do that to us every year. We're trying to win the pennant. We're trying to usually trying to chase the Yankees down. And the Orioles come, and we just can't beat them in September. Yeah. It always happens. And Chuck's always like, well, we love playing the spoilers. Well, that's the Red Sox this year. We're playing the spoilers. Mm -hmm. And we're playing the Yankees now, so we're all on the same team again. But, O's, pick it up, would you please? We'd love to see you sneak in and get a wild card. That would be great. We really would. That would be exciting. Uh, all right. Now, Roxy, so, so many great emails this episode, including, how's this for a tease, Littles? We got an email from DG. Now, Roxy has no idea what that means. I was looking up people with uh, the initials DG. So she was so like, oh. I'm, I'm actually thinking maybe Danny Glover. She goes, oh, is it Danny Glover? And I'm like, uh, I doubt it. We don't know, though. All right, so what else you got? Roxy went all out on this. I did, Honestly, he was the only name that I knew. Okay, but you found others. I, I mean, there I was a list of... Debbie Gibson. Oh, Debbie Gibson. Deborah Gibson, excuse yep. me. Yep. Davis Gaines. Is that someone? He's a Broadway guy. Oh, Dizzy guy. Gillespie was Dizzy another Gillespie, one. Dizzy Gillespie, that's another one, yeah. Maybe it's Dizzy Gillespie. Maybe it's Dizzy. Wait, he's dead, isn't he? <laughs> Probably. And I think he died in the early 90s, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Anybody else? Littles, right in. <laughs> That'll be funny. Who do we think DG is if he was a famous person? Okay? So let's hear that. And also, we'll get to the email. We'll get to that later on. But first, we have some major thank yous. Okay? First things first. <laughs> Roxy's a little, I don't know. Roxy had a little concern on her face. Chuck here got a package in the mail today. Mm-hmm. From Me Undies. <laughs> no name on it. It just says it's from Me Undies. Yeah, you asked me if I ordered you something. I thought I maybe you no. ordered me something. Now, the important thing is, whoever this is, I hope you use the Big Show code. Now, we'd love to know who this is. All right, little TMI. I did try them on. They fit beautifully and they do feel good yeah so if if that's just me undies wanting us to test their product because they want to sponsor the show we'd be more than happy to do that oh absolutely you can sponsor both shows absolutely and they're great 
I have to say, I put them on and I was like, oh. Yeah, you really like them. I was like, oh, well, you liked them too for other reasons, but that's besides they the point. They look good on you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, whoever that is, thank you. We, I have no idea. There was no note. That was a in, fun surprise. But Roxy's like, who is this? Is this uh, some, you know, hot female listener sending you me undies? You know, I don't know. I, that'd be fun. Then I got a little package from Roop Sharma, yeah. episode 48. Roop. Thank you so much. I mean, this was a really fun. Now, I feel bad because it was really expensive. We'll get there in a second. But he sent us a magnet, and it's a I roll with Phil's mom magnet. Yeah. Now, I already sent a picture of this to Phil, and he loved it. He thought it was great. Of course, so no- what did I say? I look at the thing, and I said, who's Mason? Because <laughs> it says Mason in the middle, because she picked George Mason that year. <laughs> That's how she became so popular. But we love it. It's already on the mm-hmm. fridge. Roop, thank you so much. I feel bad because I saw the ad side of the envelope. It was almost $10. That's all that was in the envelope was this little magnet. $10 yeah. to send this to us. So we really appreciate that. Now you know, not cheap these days. Now you feel our pain because I, I was just going to say that, Roxy. Postage is out of control these days. Mm-hmm. Now we've been sending all these little things to our supporters and they're like crazy expensive. So we really appreciate all the supporters. Just so you know, that's probably most likely where a lot of the money's going. It's usually either going to Rocco's Warriors or to the U.S. Postal Service, because <laughs> seriously, it's crazy how expensive that stuff is to send out prizes and whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. if it's a flat, if it's just the stickers that we send out for being In podcast envelope. interviews, then that's no big deal. That's right. just a stamp. Right. But anything that's not, they can tell it's not paper or something like that. If it's an object of any kind, whether yeah. it's a magnet, a bottle opener, anything, it's some next level. They say, and it's minimum mm-hmm. like four ninety nine or something like that, around mm-hmm. four ninety five, depending on where it's going and stuff like that. So anyway, thank you again, Roop, for the kind gift. And speaking of supporters, thank you, Maurice Werner, episode eighty six. Now he's a friend of the podcast, so we call him Mo. Yep. Mo used the code. He did. He really used the code. Mm-hmm. And what we mean by that is he sent us a one-time donation to our Venmo. You just go over to Venmo and use the code LLPOD. Just search for us there. Our little logo will come up and you can send us a one-time donation there. Whatever you want, whenever you want. Exactly. So that was really kind. And then, of course, if you want to become our full-time supporters, you just go to our website. LoyalLittlesPod.com. And then you scroll all the way to the bottom. All the information is there. Our anchor link is posted there. You go there and you can sponsor the podcast for as low as 99 cents a month. And that also gets your name up on our website. Sure does. Which is kind of cool. So either way, use the code or go to our website and support us there. We really appreciate all the supporters. We could never do this without you. All right, Roxy, we actually might be in trouble here. Uh Uh-oh. Well, you see, we've gotten so much good feedback on our previous episode. Right. Because they love the live. They loved it. They were like, do more live podcasts. Now, I don't know how we would do that. I guess we could do one like at Jingle Fest, at Summer of Littles events like that. Right. But as far as just like... how would we do that the rest of the year? I don't know. Well, I mean, we could just go down to Hurley's and say, hey, we're going to do what we'd like to do a live podcast here since we do host a lot of events at Hurley's. That's true. I don't know. I guess we could try it, but I just think it would be just not going to be the same if we don't have Littles attending the event. So maybe (laughs) we'll have to do one of these. But anyway, let's read through some of these emails. We heard from Daniel Ford. We haven't heard from him in a while. Episode 106. He said, nicely done on the live episode. Great fun. We'll have a discussion about your hat choice at some point. (laughs) Now, all right, we know he's a Yankees fan, so we get that. Yeah. It's all fair. Yeah. All good. All good. Look, they got the best of us this year. (laughs) Then we heard from Chris Davenport. Episode... You're never going to get it. 65. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have either. He said this episode could have been horrible, but it was great. Now, we were thinking yeah, the really same thing. Been. We were recording that thing and we were like, this is going to sound like crap. Yeah. You know, we've got the stadium announcer in the background announcing lineups and all this stuff. And we're trying the to talk. Over it. I was shocked. I mean, Dan Byrne wrote us some really nice emails thanking us again and saying how great he thought it sounded and everything like that. But the most important thing that I think that came out of La Cheesery Night, and we should have started with this one, obviously, but... I got an email and it says, I am the DG on Tony Kornheiser's podcast. Now, it doesn't say the, it just says, I am the DG on Tony <laughs> Kornheiser's podcast. My cousin met you at the Syracuse game. I'm sending you my contact info if you want to get in touch. If Any, we want to. I mean, what? What do you mean? I need if? to know who DG is. Now, this is our only hint is at the end, he said, he sent me his email because he says, This is my wife's email. I'm not that computer savvy. So that means he's old enough to be married. Uh He's my age or older, I'm guessing, if he's not super computer savvy. No, we have to figure this out. So we are, we've actually corresponded already. We are in touch. Hopefully we're going to get DG on the podcast. That would be amazing. That's another good find. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate DG getting in touch with us. All right. And then we heard from Mike Wolf, episode. TBD. Very good, Roxy. (laughs) 
He says, first, the most recent episode at the ballpark was terrific. More on locations. That's what we're getting from a lot of people. They're like, more on locations. They don't like our studio. We are on location. We're on location <laughs> in, New in York our City. apartment in New York City. <laughs> they, they like the on location stuff. Hey, we got to give what the fans want, right? You can't right? hear the pigeons out on our air conditioner. Ma- maybe we could do one in Central Park, Roxy. I don't know how we'd get power to the equipment. I'm not sure how we would get power, but... I mean, we might have to have Jake and Jason come to New York to, to set us all up, because they're the ones that hooked us up. They did. They hooked us up. Another mm-hmm. big shout out to those two. Mm-hmm. They hooked us I up. I thought the lampposts have outlets in them maybe Maybe. but i'm not sure if we're allowed to use them yeah that's true we might get fined for like not trespassing but maybe we can get a permit yeah we probably have to honestly littles we probably have to get a permit all right (laughs) he all he then writes also i guess i'm gonna have to be on the summer of littles nyc host team if you guys hit the road (laughs) have fun in my home state plus i've found the tillamook ice cream out here in brooklyn They sell it at the Stop and Shop in big-ass quart-sized tubs. Let me know if you want me to bring you some. Big-ass quart-sized tubs. Absolutely. That might have to happen, but that's exciting that we know. So, Ritz, did you hear that? They do sell it in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. We got to go all the way to Brooklyn. In quote, big-ass quart-sized tubs. (laughs) Now, is there a difference between a big-ass quart and just a regular quart? Probably. Probably? Okay, just checking. (laughs) All right, next we heard from... Bob, Radio Bob McWilliams episode. TBD. Uh Uh-huh. Chuck and Roxy. So Chuck is, I may not have the wording exactly right, highly charismatic to older women. (laughs) Those are your words. He is. And he's very charismatic to me. So not that you need to get a bigger head than you already have. Well, it's pretty big. But anyway, he then goes on to say the future Max Bialy stock. Roxy, speaking of, have you ever seen the producers, Roxy? I have not. She's not seen the producers, Little. I know. It's now going on the list. Honestly, it's a show that I feel like I would be really good for, except I'm usually too short right. to yeah. be in the female ensemble. Yeah. Now, the question is, do we watch the original? Do we watch the... Re- because they did a new version with Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane based on the Broadway. Yes. There's cast. one before that. Okay, we're going <laughs> to stop right there. Uh, yes, there is another version, Roxy. I think I knew that. Okay. All right, and then we have one more email. It's uh, This is from Andy Schatz, episode 169. He says, Dear Chuck and Roxy, you did a great job with the episode in which I chatted with you. Good questions, conversation, and editing. I realize that one question you ask sometimes, and would have been fun in this case, is whether I had an email read on the show. I have had one. I'm forwarding it here because as Broadway people, you might enjoy it. My family used to occasionally drive into New York City from Long Island to see Broadway shows. I vaguely remember seeing Neil Simon's You Can't Take It With You, Evita, 42nd Street. I've only seen two, though, in the last 35 years or so. Well, we have to get on that. Yeah. One was Hamilton, a generous gift from my sister. The other was Glengarry Glenn Ross. I love the movie. It was very cool seeing Al Pacino in the Jack Lemmon role. So this is the email he actually had read on the show. It says, Dear Tony... When you recited the iconic Alec Baldwin rant from one of my favorite movies, Glengarry Glen Ross, I thought about a David Mamet moment. It belonged to my father, maybe 20 years ago. He would tinker with old things he picked up here and there, mostly watches, but also typewriters. One day, the New York Times published a story about a typewriter shop in New York City shutting down, focusing on the nostalgia of an era fading away. The story mentions that Mamet was a customer and a fan of a certain typewriter. My father says to himself, hey, I know that typewriter. I had one. He got in touch with Mamet's people who bought it. Mamet himself followed up with a gracious handwritten, not typed, note. Dear Mr. Schatz, thank you for the most lovely typewriter. Appreciatively yours, David. It was the peak of cool points for my dad. I mean, how cool is that? That's cool. That's great. And then we're going to end before we get to our Meet the Littles guest with a tiny little suggestion. And this is from Nick Milkey, episode 161. One thing that I missed when I was on the Loyal Littles podcast is that myself and two buddies are in the process of planning a day-long Star Wars streaming event on YouTube featuring 15 Star Wars content creators and a plethora of guests, including, I'm going to butcher these, Rian Johnson from The Last Jedi and Knives Out, Seth Green, Robot Chicken, Austin Powers, um, and Family Guy, (laughs) Shelby Young, voiceover actress, Kristen Baver, host of This Week in Star Wars, Bobby, are you listening to all this? Christopher Sean, Star Wars Residents and Gotham Knights, and so many more. The cause is raising money for Make-A-Wish Foundation. All donations go directly to Make-A-Wish. It is Saturday, September 17th. That's this Saturday, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern and running until 10 p.m. Eastern that night. Wow. Roxy, we ain't doing that. 
We wow. need podcast. <laughs> That's like a marathon. Right, exactly. And he says, all this and more, including how to donate, can be found out thepodathon.com that's t h e p o d a t h o n.com littles how's that for a, that's a big little suggestion podathon i Pod-a-thon. like it i like it too yeah so head on over there if you remember nick bill that was a great interview yeah all things star wars it was mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. so make sure you uh, check that out over the weekend if you ain't got anything else going on cuz you got a whole day to figure it out you don't have to obviously be there for the whole thing but right. check it out and more importantly if you have the means try to donate all the money's going to make a wish foundation yes so that's great all right roxy amazing we got a pro we do this guy's a pro he's a pro <laughs> it was really fun to edit we're excited about this one we'll be right back with meet the littles <laughs> You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the W, hey, that's me, WTFC Podcast Network. in this episode by Vic Lacar and this song is called If Heaven Takes You First and this song is actually written by Vic Lacar and also Ruben Williams now if you like what you hear you can find Vic's stuff on Spotify and YouTube he also has his own web page and Facebook page we'll post all of those in the show notes but the best place is just go to viclacar.com that's V-I-C-K-L-E-C-A-R.com And as always, we'll play the full song, If Heaven Takes You First, at the end of the podcast. All you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And Roxy, we got a fun one for you today. I'm very excited. We've already been chatting for about a half hour. It's awesome. We're finally going to hit record. Please welcome to the podcast, Bob McWilliams. Hey, Bob, how's it going? Chuck, Roxy, what a treat to be here with you. And, you know, it might be that the stuff we talked about before will actually be better than what people get on the podcast. But, you know, you never know. You right. never know. Well, we, we've <laughs> joked about that. We don't really have, quote, we have a support page. We don't have a Patreon page. And I know there's these podcasts that do that where if they donate to the Patreon page, there's extra or special Extras, footage. Deleted that they scenes, deleted, bloopers. whatever. And we've <laughs> joked about that in the past where I've kept a lot of the files of the full interviews. Yeah. And some of them, man, let me tell you, if we release the tapes, it would be so much fun. But uh. Chuck's too dumb to figure out how to do all that. So anyway, this is about you, Bob. Why don't you take a second, introduce yourself to Loyal Littles out there. Tell us something a little about yourself. Oh, geez. I'm Bob McWilliams. And from the time I was a small child, my parents had indoctrinated me to be a lawyer. Starting when I was five or six, that's around 1960-ish. My sisters told me my parents plopped me down in front of Perry Mason every week, and that was the only time they let me have a Coca-Cola. And of course, not knowing that Perry Mason was the lawyer that actually had innocent clients all the time. But it kind of got me interested, and I thought that's what I was going to do my whole life. Once I figured out about age 10, I was not going to be center field for the St. Louis Cardinals. So, you know, I focused really hard, and I went, you know, high school, good grades, college, University of Kansas, Kansas Jayhawks, go Jayhawks, and double majored econ and history and busted my rear and honored classes and all this stuff. And I got into a lot of prestigious law schools, pretty much all I applied to, except I think one. Went off to Harvard Law School, big excitement, moving to the East Coast, really cool. I was much calmer in law school than I expected because I wanted to get there. And once you're there, it's like, you know, you have to really mess up to not do pretty well. And then I went and worked for a federal judge, went into work for a private firm. And after a total of like four years after law school, I said, I hate this. (laughs) 
what am I doing? I hate this. Now, it might have been I should have paid attention to the fact that in law school, if I had a choice of spending an extra couple of hours sitting in the law library grinding or taking off for a jazz club, of which there were a number nearby, I chose the jazz club. Mm -hmm. And I also decided to take for the very first time the first music lessons I ever had in my life. My last two years, I took alto sax lessons. And so, you know, there might have been hints in there that my dedication to the law was not perhaps as deep. So a little bit of a midlife crisis at an early age, decided to go back to grad school in history to write a master's doing with legal or constitutional history and use that to go get a law school teaching job. Except for the fact when I started into that program, I realized when I became a TA and had my own classes, I liked teaching undergraduates a lot more than what I remembered of law students who tended to be unhappy most mm -hmm. of the time. And so I decided, well, I'll stay and I'll get my PhD. I'll be a college professor. Right about the same time, and I had a little bit of volunteer radio experience in the early 80s when I was clerking for the judge near Wichita, I got a part-time job because I'm in grad school. I need money. I got a part-time job working at Kansas Public Radio doing little jazz announcing and some board ops and stuff. And that role grew while I was still in grad school. And two things happened. I passed all my exams, oral and written exams, started in on my PhD and was thinking, I just got to finish this, get a job. But I had to get a job, as it turns out, close to where I was living here in Kansas because my father died. He was had a great life. He's in his 80s. But we realized in the process of losing dad that mom had early dementia. And my sisters lived hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away, and I lived 70 miles away. Yeah. So I knew I was going to have to stay in that area. And almost the same time, I had been a visiting professor at a small liberal arts college nearby, and the person that had that role said he wasn't coming back. He was planning to go move to the West Coast. So he took sabbatical time. I got to go in and teach a couple classes, try out. They loved me. That person had to come back. So my job, potential job nearby was gone. And I tried to go to New York City, in fact, to do some research on my dissertation, which was jazz and the civil rights era and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But I realized I was back there like a week and I said, I can't stay away. I have a young daughter, my mom. I can't do it. And I went back and I don't know what I'm going to do. And the program director says, Bob, can you stop by my office today? He said, I have a full time job for you if you want it. And that's it. what happened. Wow. But at the same time, I've spent 25 plus years teaching U.S. history at a community college because between my master's and my law degree, they thought that was fine. And that was far better than an actual academic career because my desire to spend millions of hours looking at microfilm and dusty archives is not high. So I got to have two careers of doing jazz, radio, and then a show I created called Trail Mix, which is folk, bluegrass, singer, songwriter, Americana, Irish, and jazz shows. And I've been doing that, and I stopped teaching one and a half years into COVID because I was driving me nuts, the Zoom yeah. stuff. I could do it. Plus the fact by that time over 65 and I'm working one and a half jobs. What yeah. am I doing? What are right. you doing here? <laughs> well, I mean, I love teaching, but I loved it less when I wasn't in the room. Uh -huh. Sure. Absolutely. So, that's my work life. Okay. Can we, let's pause for a second. We're going to continue yeah. right there. I want to pause because I want to go way back. First of all, you sent an email about a week or so ago and something about anybody who knows Jimmy Cobb is a fan. And yes. that's, yes. I, that makes sense now because you yes. had your yeah. own jazz. I was teasing you with that i wasn't i didn't go any farther because i didn't want you to know that yeah i, mean, I wanted i wanted you to wonder about it right right no that's perfect okay but let's go way back now you grew up in kansas close to kansas st joe missouri a little river town yep. right across the missouri from kansas about 60 miles north of kansas city that's where i grew up i've been and to the, the river only, boat there i believe i never lived anywhere else my parents didn't move around so that's where i grew up and was until I went to the University of Kansas, mm -hmm. not far away to go to college. Right. Okay. Now let's continue from there because I, I you kind of blew right by this. I'm sorry, Harvard Law School? Yes. As a fan of the jazz show would call up and say, can I talk to that graduate of the Harvard Night School for Lawyers and Jazz DJs? <laughs> But you also threw in there that you didn't get accepted into one of your schools. What right. was what was that? I was, it was I, I you know, I'm trying to remember. There's like five or six of the big ones. And this is kind of braggy, but it's not good bragging because it's been so long. I got into Stanford. I got into Michigan. I got into Yale. <laughs> I got into Northwestern. <laughs> I got into you, Berkeley. I think that Chicago put me on a hold. Wow. Okay, so Chicago's the one? I mean, did you not go back to the school and be like, hey, I'm going to Harvard Law. Eat it. And walk <laughs> That's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I was a more contained individual. I see. <laughs> I'm sorry, though. Like, you got into Harvard freaking yeah, law. Yeah, Chuck and, isn't very contained. Yeah, I, I wanted to go and dance on the campus. Yes, say, exactly. 
everybody else took me, but you guys and you suck. Yeah, it's like that <laughs> pretty I, woman moment, right. you know, when yeah, they're like, well, they wouldn't I sell know. her the stuff. And all of a sudden she's like, yeah, yeah you guys missed out. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I'm glad Boston was a lot more fun than sure. Chicago would have been. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. And it really was because I'd never lived in a big. That's not true. I interned for a U.S. senator for close to two months in the summer of 1974, which was the height of Nixon paranoia. Yeah. And I was working for Tom Eagleton, a Democrat who was on the Judiciary Committee. So it was interesting times to be on Capitol Hill. Yeah. But other than that, I had never lived in a real city for more than that till moving to Boston, Cambridge, actually. Right, but, you know, right. Same metro area. Yep. All right. So we know Kansas. We know mm-hmm. the Jayhawks, all that kind of stuff. Now, and you dropped Cardinals in there. What? Where's your fandom? Are you all out there Midwest teams? Yeah, here we go. The first team I was a huge fan of, St. Louis Cardinals. The Kansas City A's were the team in Kansas uh-huh. City much closer when I was a kid, and they were uniformly terrible. And the Cardinals, historically, because they were the farthest West baseball team, they had a huge fan base in the Midwest and the South. They had a huge radio network, the most radio affiliates. My hometown radio station carried the Cardinals and kept carrying them when the A's were around. Plus the fact they had a minor league team there long before I was born. But my dad remembered seeing Dizzy Dean play for the St. Joseph Cardinals, you know. And I learned about baseball because of these great next-door neighbors. They were both teachers. Mrs. Yancey taught me to read when I was three and a half, and she was a grade school reading specialist. And Big John was a junior college biology teacher who didn't teach in the summer, and he sat in his garage, which was screened in, and listened to Cardinal games. And he kind of taught me about baseball over the radio as a kid, and it was the Cardinals, and it was Harry Carey Mm. before he became a drunken cliche of himself. He was a great announcer. And so I was a Cardinals fan. And then the Royals came along. And unlike the A's, they were pretty good from the start. And it was difficult, but it was easy to be fans of both teams because there was no interlinked play. Right. And what are the chances they're ever going to play in the World Series against each other? (laughs) Ha ha. 85, when I'm teaching and I'm wearing my Cardinals hat to the 300-person classes I'm a TA for, and the Royals win. Mm-hmm. And I had to wear the Cardinals hat the next day and all this kind of stuff. Having said that, with the Royals team that came along starting about 10 years ago, when the young guys at the time, Hosmer and Moustakas and stuff came along, that's the time the Royals became the number one team. Still a Cardinals fan. Uh-huh. And the Royals, of course, have been terrible again the last few years. But yeah. that doesn't bother me because they have young players again. Yep. So baseball, Cardinals all my life, Royals have overtaken them, but I'll still be a Cardinal fan. And there's no immediate danger of the Cardinals and the Royals in the World Series. <laughs> when they play interleague, I root for the team that's closest to the playoffs. Gotcha. Basketball. KU Jayhawks. My sister was at KU in the mid-60s. She knew a lot of the ball players, And so I am meeting six foot eleven, wonderful Walt Wesley when I'm about 10. And wow. I thought mm-hmm. I could walk underneath his legs if I wanted to. <laughs> and be, meeting JoJo White. So KU Jayhawks forever and ever since then, mid-60s. And then I became a Boston Celtic fan simply because JoJo White went to the Boston Mm. Celtics. Mm. Now, I listened to the St. Louis games because KMOX had what was called clear channel AM radio, 50,000 watts, maybe 100,000 watts. I don't know, but you could hear it at night all over the country because all these lower power stations had to shut off at sundown. And so you could listen to the St. Louis announcers pretty much anywhere between the Rocky Mountains and the Appalachians and Hudson Bay and the Gulf. And they had great announcers and they had great announcers of the St. Louis Hawks. So I rooted for the Hawks, but JoJo White went to Boston in whatever it was, became Boston. Hockey. I was a St. Louis Blues fan for many years before I saw a hockey game, even on television, Mm. simply because of radio. And they had a Hall of Fame radio broadcaster in Dan Kelly, I think. So I became this huge Blues fan. We finally won the Stanley Cup. It only took most of my life (laughs) a couple of years ago. Uh So that was the thing for that. For football, even back then... I was not as football crazy. I rooted, of course, for the St. Louis Cardinals, Mm -hmm. who were good every year, but not quite good enough because there were only two conferences, two divisions in the NFL. If you didn't win the division, you didn't go, and they would come in second every year to Mm. Dallas or somebody. But I rooted for them, and I kind of rooted for the Chiefs, and I miss Len Dawson, who just died because he was a great guy. a great Everybody in Kansas City that knows him, great guy. So here's a Lenny Dawson story for you. Lenny the Cool did some ads in Kansas City for some housing development on a lake called Lake Viking. A really cheesy ad, and you see Lenny sitting there, and you go, Len, I guess you love being here at Lake Viking. Do you love the fishing? And Len goes, I don't like to fish. And they said, well, how about water skiing? And Len said, with knees and knees, are you kidding me? Well, Lenny, what do you like about Lake Viking? What do you love to do? He said, Lenny says, 
I love to loaf. This is a great place to loaf. And that was the ad. I was like, going, this is gold. Every local sports celebrity ad, I'll never forget it. That's so excellent. I had to represent Lenny the Cool because uh, Kansas City loved that man. Yeah. But I was never as big a football fan, maybe because KU has mostly been abysmally bad in football, sure. which Tony got to reference last year when they lost to Kansas. And they lost to Kansas. <laughs> How could he lose to Kansas? <laughs> but every once in a while, like every eight or nine years, there's a good KU football team. But I am primarily a baseball and basketball guy okay. and hockey. And so the two things that Tony talks about all the time, golf, (laughs) but I I enjoy the conversations because I just like people talking about stuff I know nothing about because I haven't picked up a golf club since I was like 15. My parents tried to get me to play, but my dad was not really patient. And you really don't want somebody teaching you to play golf that's not patient. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that... And the football thing, I mean, of course, with Mahomes, I'm watching the Chiefs all the time because they're so exciting and he's so personable. But on a moral sense, I have some issues about football. Like when I grew up, I was a boxing fan. And when I into my adulthood, marvelous Marvin Hagler, the hero of Brockton, Massachusetts. But I moved away from that. And football concerns me now, but I still watch. Mm -hmm. But I'm not into it. And I love listening to the betting stuff on Tony's show because – you know, I don't know, right? but it's just like, you know, I could be Reginald. Actually, I'd be better. <laughs> right. But so I like, I like him talking about that stuff, but it's kind of funny. I'm a fan of Tony's show that pretty much doesn't care about golf or football. Interesting. Mm, okay. Now, and what did you, how did you feel when the Cardinals left? Or, or actually, I'm sorry, the Cardinals left, then the you got the Rams Cardinals. and then they left. Yeah. Never a big fan of the Rams. They, okay. they were not my childhood team. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I just kind of root, I didn't root for the Cardinals after they left because the owner was a first class he was a terrible owner when he was in St. Louis, gotcha. universally hated by his players, the media and the fans. So I just kind of stopped watching him and I kind of followed the Chiefs. But I think that might have been around the era that I just I mean, I knew what was going on in football and I would watch some if it was on. But the other thing is I have been for until a few years ago, in fact, until just a couple of years ago, thanks to COVID. I was always on the air live on Sundays, mm. Sunday afternoons. Mm. And I used to be on live for six hours on Sundays. And they split that show, thank God, into three hours Saturday wow. and Sunday. So I would go have a couple of beers and some tacos at my neighborhood sports bar Sunday night. So I'd watch half of, you know, whatever the game yeah. game was. But yeah. I was not very committed to football. Sure. Right. Yeah, and same. the Cardinals left, I don't care. You know, right. goodbye. Gotcha. Yeah, same situation here. Matter of fact, I always had shows even during the freaking Super Bowl. Yep. So I'm like, that sucks. Yep. I couldn't even watch the big game because, yep. you know, we're doing a matinee and an evening show. Yep. So I'm on the air. I've been on the air in the evening, uh, either four or five nights a week, starting at nine, but being up there early for mm-hmm. a zillion years. So COVID has been a great blessing to me because I was able to very quickly and with encouraged by the station, transit into doing everything from home and pre-recording it. So it's been great. Yeah. I have my own schedule. That's now awesome. I find I spend more time on it because you're live, you make a mistake, you don't live. but you're recording, you make a mistake and you go, did I make a fun recovery from that or does it just stink? Yeah. And you do it over again. Plus, I have another thing. I'm in the middle of the country. Mm. And what movie do people always think of when they hear the word Kansas? Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. And what's the primary incident that causes the Wizard of Oz to be propelled? Tornadoes. Tornadoes. (laughs) Yes. I have been doing severe weather coverage for a large area because we got a powerful signal and we have a bunch of translators. So I have been doing severe weather coverage in the evenings for close to 40 years, including once when I was on microphone for an hour and 50 minutes. I couldn't do that anymore. So now the thing about pre-recording is who's going to cover storm stuff at night? On the weekends, we have a rotating cast. So the engineers fixed me up. I could pick up the phone and I could take over control of the radio station's air signal from home. And I can go, we interrupt this program. We need to let you know of a tornado warning in Shawnee County, blah, 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 you know, all that crap. Mm -hmm. So I actually can be on live. But now I can watch some sports events and stuff like that. Not yeah. being nice. in the Broadway touring business. Right. <laughs> right. Nice. All right. Well, listen, you're not going anywhere. We've got so much more to get into, but we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hi, this is Brian Muller from Table Rock Lake, Missouri. And you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. La Cheeserie. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And Roxy, is this a treat or what? I'm having the best time. I mean, first of all, we have a pro here. I know. I mean, radio guy. 
and it's Bobic Williams. And now, right before we took a break, he struck. I saw Roxy's face light up a little bit because you started talking about tornadoes. Yep. Now, Roxy has a thing with tornadoes. So why don't you go first? You said you dream about them? I have quite a few tornado dreams. Now, that yeah. means something, right? Supposedly? Um, I mean... <sighs> There's books and whatever people say that depending on what your dream is, it means something. I think when I dream about a tornado, it means that there's some turmoil happening in my life. And then depending on the outcome of the dream will determine, okay, if I wake up and I'm freaking out or if I wake up and be like, no, 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 I'm good. It'll be all right. Everything's going to be fine. I had a very vivid one in college that I still remember to this day. And it was at a time where I had a lot going on and was having a hard time navigating And there were hundreds of tornadoes all around me, just like spinning in place. Well, we so and one by one they would disappear. So that when I woke up, I'm like, oh, that means all of these crazy things that are happening to me right now are like slowly but surely becoming resolved and going away. So I'm going to be fine. (laughs) Okay, but we also have this fact because we watch these on TV sometimes. These storm chasers. Oh yeah. Now. Bob, you were saying off air, you would never do that, right? I would never, ever do that. I have seen several tornadoes, a couple more close than I would like, Uh although at a fairly safe distance. A fellow history professor of mine at the community college I taught at is an excellent history professor. Also, he's like head of the environmental sustainability of the college and stuff like that, but he's a huge weather nut Mm -hmm. whose forecasts I trust more than the National Weather Service because I'm on the air going about stuff. He does it. He gets out and drives to Oklahoma or Nebraska, whatever, and stuff like this. And, you know, it was so funny because I came across Twister on TV mm-hmm. last night because I turned it on and that's what the, it was on the channel. Yep. And they're driving through the storm. And I said, these people are all blankety, blank, blank, blank and staying. <laughs> but, but, but I've seen enough tornadoes, but it was funny. I remember one in my dorm. I lived in this 10 story dorm to the south University of Campus. And the campus is on a hill. And tornadoes around here come from the southwest. That's just mm-hmm. what they do. Mm-hmm. And somebody looked out the window and said, holy blankety blank. And I'm on the ninth floor. Look out. And you can see the tornado pretty big just going across. But this one's kind of going west to east. So it's not headed towards us. It's pretty big. And then they come on the dorm thing and said, take shelter in the stairwells and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to leave. And my girlfriend later wife goes, oh, no, let's just stay and watch it. We're fine. No. Flash forward to a time I am on during the All Things Considered shift with our brilliant and Jeopardy champion, by the way, All Things Considered host, Laura Lorson, speaking of something, the current thread, Jeopardy champions. And it's a huge thing of storms. And I'm helping Laura because there's so much going on. There's lots of tornado and other stuff, including right in Lawrence. And people are passing us notes. And I got past one that said extensive damage near Parkview Road and Monterey Way, which is about a block and a half from our house. Mm. So I say on the air, excuse me, Laura, I'll be right back. I have to make a call. So I call home and my wife answers and says, yeah, I just heard you on the radio. And I said, is there damage on there? She's no, Emily and I have been out on the deck the whole time watching. They didn't get that close. And I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) Blankety blank, 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 blank. (laughs) The thing is, I am not a panicky person. If you grew up in this part of the country, you're not obsessed with it. People come here and they hear there's a tornado watch and they think they're going to be dead in 10 minutes. Uh But I'm also respect the tornadoes. And if there's one even relatively close, I'm going as far underground as I can get. But Roxy, the other thing, the tornado dreams, from what I'm told, seem to involve basically mean two things. One is turmoil and one is sex. So I just wanted to make you know that, that it's a sexual representation because like Freud, anything, you know, anything roughly that shape, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. I never even would have thought that. No. Oh my gosh. I am beat red right now. So um, (laughs) we might edit that part out. No, 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 no. No, I'm serious, but I am serious about this because yeah. this came up some some late night BS session in our sure. dorm, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it's a guy that was graduate student in psychology said he says dream stuff is nonsense, but a lot of dream interpretation people so tornadoes either mean a lot of turmoil in your life, uh-huh. Roxy, yep, or sex or a lack of sex or a desire for sex in your life. Which maybe is Roxy, but I don't know. I'm not going to go there. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because now thinking back on college, for instance, I had an yeah. acting teacher who basically told us okay, one can day. We just pause? I did not know where you were going with this. Oh, no, it's You're okay. Like, it's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> like, where are you going this, with this? This is great. I, <laughs> I have managed to throw 
a whole bag of monkey wrenches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did not know Roxy in college. So <laughs> no, he didn't. all of a sudden I'm like, no, where I, are we going with this? This acting teacher did say he, he told us one day that everything leads to sex. Like that's just life. That's what everything is. So thinking about that connection and what you just said about tornadoes, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> but I, I I'm sitting here like, where did you go to college? <laughs> My te- I didn't have teachers like that. Well, you know. All right. Anyway. They're acting teachers. Though, yeah, so, exactly. Know, they're, not, they're not regular professors. I, I, like I'm, I'm blushing over here. Can we just... Bob, do you like crunchy or smooth peanut butter? We need to get out of this. <laughs> crunchy peanut butter, smooth peanut butter. I'm not saying it's an abomination, <laughs> but I'm not saying that people that would prefer smooth peanut butter have a character flaw. I'm not. I'm not saying either of those things. I'm just saying... I prefer crunchy peanut All right. Butter. Good okay. for you. I knew I, knew I liked okay. Bob. Okay. I was kind of joking there. We're not to the fun, dumb question yet. No. Because I was just going to ask a... I was going to bring a, us back to... That was to, a dream escape. Yes. Oh, okay. I was just going to bring us back to okay. the... What the we're sex doing talk? here? Okay, no, no, great. no, Go no, ahead, no, no. How did you start listening to Tony? That's where reading I was going. Tony, you. how'd you become a little? Yeah, how'd you become a little? The first time we met you, I never heard of you. Was on the virtual summer the of virtual littles. summer of littles, which mm-hmm. was great. Yeah, you which, popped on which, which of course I guess I kind of knew about it last year, but not the virtual part. And I wasn't going anywhere last uh-huh, year, yeah, right, sure. With right. indoor people, but the Tony, it was my commute, my community college teaching job was three days a week, and I forgot my first class was eleven in the morning or whatever. So I'm driving in, and it's the time that Tony was on ESPN Radio. We're mm-hmm. talking the early 90s, right? And they had like three hours. And one of the sport there were two sports stations, three in Kansas City, actually, two owned by the same people. The main high power one was all the local stuff, but they carried ESPN Radio on the other. And I stumbled onto this show, and Tony's talking to, you know, I didn't know who these people were there David Aldridge and mm-hmm. Nigel and guests and people calling in and weird stuff and i was thinking this is kind of cool so i would never hear the whole show but three days a week i would hear about an hour of it driving in to teach and that went on for years and Uh then when it wasn't on that radio station anymore and i found out that you could get it through the espn website then i started listening to it more and especially when it either got archived or before the podcast but the first part was i picked it up on espn radio by total channel and even though I didn't live in Washington, I knew politics, but my family was very politically involved. And so some of that would come up. God, I miss Howard Feynman. Yeah. And, but it was just this fun, engaging bunch of people talking about lots of stuff. So and I was right in on that from the early part, but probably not listening on a regular basis until probably the podcast itself started, would okay. be my guess. So like 2016-ish. Yeah. Well, I guess, but now that I, now, I shouldn't say that, probably the last three or four years on ESPN. Okay. But even so, that means 20 years before that, I'm just saying you know, off and on. Yeah, sure. Wow. And now, so I'm guessing you never made it out to Chatter, but you, and you never did a it, Summer Littles, anything like that? No, I, Chatter was a difficult thing for me mm-hmm. yeah. because my daughter and her husband, after they got married, stayed in Lawrence for a couple of years waiting on a job he was promised with a national intelligence agency, which I can't talk about. I'm serious about that part. I can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's not the CIA, but it's all classified. And they moved out there and they live in Virginia, originally Alexandria. Now they live way farther south than that. And I think they might've even moved out to Woodbridge and I'd go back to visit it once or twice a year. And the chatter thing started, but I'm going, it's like seven in the morning. And I have to get around uh, the right. traffic and traffic in Northern Virginia, maybe yeah. perhaps the most horrible experience I've ever dealt with <laughs> in a car in my life, even worse than driving in Boston in the early eighties, which was pretty bad. Mm. And th- when I have to get up to get there, plus the fact I have a few days to see my daughter and my grandchildren and her husband and stuff. And, you know, yeah, I'm going to be here for five days. I'm like one of them going to wander off to Tony Kornheiser's show, <laughs> right. you know. Now, I would have actually done that. I'd leave them in the lurch if they was closer. So I did, I kept saying, someday I'll get back. And then chatter went away. And I feel like I missed a great opportunity. Yeah. Actually, it's not that big a deal. But I would have liked to have no, been no, there. We did too. I mean, because it was just, I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming closing. You yeah. know, so we kept, every time we plan it or sort of in our heads plan it we're like ah well we got next time or you know whatever. and i don't think i was even aware of the summer little stuff right away i mean right. i only got onto the tony kornheiser fan whatever it's called well a little thing facebook page not you know me a year or so ago yeah, and i just right. kind of yeah read them. and it seemed like 
about every other time I'd post something, I was told, oh, that's not what we talk about. And then I'd slink my, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, I'd slink my tail between the legs. I'm saying, oh, this is something everybody's talking about in the show. It's funny. And they said, not every topic that's on the Tony Kinder. And I wasn't, oh, I wasn't, no. I wasn't mad, but I, I but you feel like, sure. oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, no, I felt like I wasn't quite sure how it worked. And then well, mostly I'm behind on the podcast mm-hmm. two or three or four days most of the time. Mm-hmm. So when I have something really a great witty thing to say, it's, well, everybody's already said it. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's a week late. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. I totally understand. And the- I've only I've said two emails in all these years. Neither got read. Oh, and no. again, often it's because I'd hear something. Say, oh, man, I got the best thing to say for this. And it was on four days ago. Right. That's my fault. That's yeah. my fault. But well, the loyal little thing, I wondered what it was going to be like and in virtual stuff like that. I had such a blast meeting all these cool people and having the drop-ins to the New York party. Yeah. Where the, it appeared there were some serious, serious serious brain cell loss going on well there might have been a few yeah absolutely but it was a good time it just looked like fun so So next time you'll have to come up to the big apple and uh, uh, celebrate with chuck and rocky you know i'm still not going in place yeah all right well bob we can't thank you enough for coming on the loyal littles podcast this is amazing now i know you're a newbie but we have some fun dumb questions we're going to ask you and hopefully you can handle that what three famous people living or dead would you want at your fantasy dinner party Okie dokie. What three people, living or dead? Gosh, I was hoping it was going to be living to narrow it down. Well, this is going to seem like a pretty quirky thing. Diana Rigg, Duke Ellington, and Abraham Lincoln. That is so interesting. We just had an Abraham. I, I almost went all with the arts and music. Yeah. Well, first of all, from everything I understand, Diana Rigg was a brilliant person and a great conversationalist and just a really cool offbeat person so she would provide that and duke ellington was like the most debonair guy in the world and he was a great storyteller mm-hmm. and then it's abraham lincoln i don't know what abraham lincoln would make of diana rigg or duke ellington but it's abraham lincoln yeah. I, you know it's just a very popular choice for that yeah. question i uh-huh. love it yeah. yep. abe is gonna get fat lots of people are having him over for dinner yeah right <laughs> All right. If you could time travel, where or when would you go? Okay. I have heard this a couple of times. I kind of wondered, and I might put some constraints on this because you could think about it. Where would I go to like stay a day and witness something? Or where would I go to hang out for a couple of months? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or where would I go knowing I couldn't come back? Those are kind of all different things. Sure. Yeah. But I'll kind of go on the in-between part. And it's jazz related. And I've thought about this actually even before this question came up. And one is New York City, 42nd Street, right after World War II, the birth of bebop, Mm. 25 jazz clubs in two blocks with no covers and all these brilliant older musicians, younger musicians, stuff like that. But having said that, I want to go back to New York, I think about 1959, 60, 61 for a combination of the jazz, which would be phenomenal. I mean, Charles Mingus's work and Miles Davis, all this kind of stuff. And this is terrible i've never seen a play on broadway i've seen like two broadway touring things but i would just bet there'd be some cool theater and other cool stuff going on in new york at that time sure having said that the one thing i debated about for the 1945 45 46 44 is to go back and hear all this jazz and then go see on the town but i love new york and right after world war ii or the late 50s early 60s i love that another great score too by the Mm -hmm. way all right if someone made a movie of your life would it be a drama a comedy a Romantic comedy, action film, science fiction, horror, documentary, or mockumentary. There you go. You know, I heard you ask somebody this recently, and I said, oh, God, please don't ask me that question. (laughs) I would go for a dramedy because I think there would be dramatic elements, but you'd have to work some absurdity into it. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Love it. What personal trait has gotten you in the most trouble? Oh, geez. Uh, I can't stop yapping my mouth. (laughs) Even at times when I should. Now I'm a lot better than I used to be. Actually, I'm not happy about this. I used to have kind of a hair trigger temper many, many, many years ago. And a lot of it was trying to be perfect at everything. Mm. A lot of that to get psychological was trying to live up to my father's expectations, you know, go to law school, be a brilliant lawyer. So I used to be a little on edge, but luckily that has gone away for a long time. But the yappy part, that's kind of stayed consistent, which by the way, is definitely a family trait. One of my two sisters makes me look like somebody that took a vow of silence. Gotcha. (laughs) This might be interesting. Who's your celebrity crush? Well, I hinted at this already. (laughs) Emma Peel. 
Okay. When I was about, I'm trying to think when they started putting the Avengers on in the U.S., which was like about 68, 69. And Diana Rigg, I had a huge crush on. As far as more contemporary or somebody that's still with us, this is going to be kind of a British-centric thing. Emma Thompson, probably. Although Frances McDormand, I find fascinating but i don't want to get in trouble with one of those cohen brothers because they might <laughs> they might make me look really stupid in a movie right the story of your life no. <laughs> all right roxy one more all right what's the worst thing you did as a kid oh i was such a good little rule follower i really wasn't but I oh pretended, you sound like me i pretended to be well i know the thing that got my mom more furious than i ever saw her before and since and this is pretty minor i mean this is not unlike arlo guthrie and alice's restaurant kid what you in for and everybody you know there's rapists and murderers stuff like that and he goes littering you know <laughs> uh-huh. and that's what this is gonna feel like a couple of friends were over one of whom was a year younger than me one was like three older than me our parents were really good friends they lived not super Super far away. You could walk it as a kid, but you know, their parents would take us back and forth and they've been over. So the younger one and I plotted that I was going to hide in the back seat of their car and go to their house and they'd sneak me out when mom wasn't around and sneak me around into the basement and we could play without either of our mothers knowing what's going on. So I guess about 40 minutes after this happened, my mom kind of realized, where's that yappy kid of mine who often was, by the way, throwing tennis balls against the side of the house to catch them with his baseball gloves. Uh-huh. So always annoying. And she couldn't find me. She totally panicked. And then she decided to call Mrs. Glaze and say, did you, Bob come home with you? And Mrs. Glaze says, well, of course not. Well, Mrs. Glaze investigated. By now, this is probably up to an hour and 20 minutes. And we thought, I don't know how old we were, seven, eight. It was kind of like we pulled off some super spy kind of thing, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was an illustration that a mother's concern for her children should not be trifled with. Right. Because mom was really, 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 really angry and I never wanted to see that again. I think I saw it a couple of times. So this is like, hey, I wasn't blowing up outhouses on 4th of July. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Roxy, I think the uh, big thing that came out of that was he's a rule follower. Yes. Like Roxy. Well, like but me. the thing is, though, I was a rule follower. But, of course, that's when I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Right. right. Okay. But as a little kid, of course, I was raised Catholic. I had drilled great fear into me yep. if you didn't right. follow the rules. Yep. And I also had nuns to deal with. I remember <laughs> in third grade, was lined up against the fence to choose teams for kickball. And the nun says something, and I didn't hear what she says, so I asked the person next to me, what did she say? And what she had said was, shut up. Oh, no. <laughs> Nice. So she marches over to me, does the death claw grip on my neck and shoulder, and then I got to walk the line. The punishment was all of recess while every kid is playing. There was a yellow stripe on the playground, and you had to walk back and forth at the entire thing. And I thought this was tremendously unjust because I was trying to find out what she didn't want us to do. Right. And I've carried that sense of grievance against the man ever since. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, Bob, we can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. This has been amazing. Yeah. So much fun. We really appreciate it. I feel like I'm on the big show right now. Bob, plug your radio show. Oh, well, you can hear Jazz in the Night Tuesday through Friday nights, 9 p.m. to midnight Central Time. And it streams at KansasPublicRadio.org. And that's a very fine, I want to say one of the best jazz radio shows in the country with a number of jazz musicians have told me, so I'll believe them. On Saturdays and Sundays from 1 to 4 p.m. Central Time, I host Trail Mix, a show that I developed completely, which is a blend of singer, songwriters, traditional contemporary folk, bluegrass, Irish music, new grass, Americana, and whatever strikes my fancy, which has been a very popular show and i know i have listeners to that all over i'd love to have you be a listener and again 1 to 4 p.m central daylight time or central standard time when, when it gets to standard time <laughs> at kansaspublicradio.org or tell your smart speaker to play kansas public radio you can find me on facebook as bob mcwilliams and you can find me on instagram kpr radio bob you can find me on twitter my personal account is radio bob kansas and i also have a radio station kpr radio bob so i'm hard to avoid and i want to say this i only discovered the loyal of this podcast just in the land full of weeks i have been just blown away by what a great job the two of you do and how wonderful the guests are and i've come to the loyal little community in a way too tardy fashion but i'm certainly so excited that i finally uh, got around to it well Aww. we're so glad you did <laughs> we are really glad it's so sweet we really appreciate it all right bob thanks so much and as an homage to the big show we'll get you out of here on this over or under well there's only one correct <laughs> answer it's over not just correct for that's my what i personally is over but that people who do under have something seriously wrong with their neural wiring it's the best i could come up with <laughs> that's neural excellent wiring i like that <laughs> 
All right. Well, best of luck with everything. We really appreciate the time. Thanks a lot, Chuck and Roxy. It's really an honor to be on the Loyal Littles podcast. All right, all you loyal listeners, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Nick Milkey from Montgomery, Alabama, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And thank you, Bob, Radio Bob McWilliams. Make sure I get that right. I mean, the stories. Yeah, just, just fascinating. He has a story for everything. I know, it was great. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And he, look, he wasn't one of the ones that said, I have nothing to say. So we're not yeah. you know, going that route. But it just any, even the fun, dumb questions, it was like he had a story to tell about why he answered. The, it's great. Yeah. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Bob. That was a lot of fun. Now, Roxy, real quick, we, we're almost out of time. I mean, but we did have some uh, housekeeping stuff to get through. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first thing is we need to talk about fantasy. Now, Roxy, let's do the Loyal Littles fantasy first. Roxy and I are in good shape. We, yes. we won our first week. We did. I mean, I clobbered them. Sort of. I, I sort of did too. But that doesn't really matter. It doesn't. You know? It's I mean, it might. I don't know for tiebreakers, points for how many mm-hmm. points you score, whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But Roxy and I made it week one really good. Winning. Okay. Now, <laughs> let's get to the Loyal Littles podcast, Fantasy Girl. Yes. The Guillotine League. And our first big announcement. That's right, Roxy. We had to say goodbye to someone. That's the weird thing about this. The guillotine league. Yeah. Someone gets chopped off every week. Yeah. And this is kind of sad in a way, but our commission. Now, maybe this is for the best. Now he can concentrate on being a good commissioner. Maybe. (laughs) For the Loyal Littles podcast, Fantasy Football League, Smitty Scoop going out week one. Wow. Let's hear what he had to say about it. It is time for your loyal little podcast, Fantasy Football League Update. Historically, the week one cut line in the leagues is 66.75 points. Of course, the loyal little podcast league is filled with superior talent evaluators, and every team exceeded this total. In fact, there are only two teams that scored fewer than 80 points this week. Chuck and Roxy's team, heretofore known as Chuck's team, finished with 77.68 points and just avoided the chopping block because yours. Truly, the commissioner, Patrick Smith, aka Smitty Scoop, everyone's favorite team, finished with 70.56 points and has been eliminated. My team has been dissolved and all of my players have become free agents. See you all next week. So sad to see him go. Now, I guess this league is a little different now. All his players now go into a pool that everyone else can can bid on to try to get. Oh. Now, no offense, Smitty Scoop, I looked at your, there was only really like one player. I mean, mean, there's a reason why he was the first one out. (laughs) Right. Well, in his defense, he did have Dak Prescott as his quarterback who also got injured during the game. It was late in the game. He was was. probably not going to pull it out anyway. Now, I'm not going to do too much talk in here because the Loyal Littles podcast team was next in line to go out. Right. So we've got to step it up, Roxy. We're hoping for a better week. I hope it had nothing to do with our first pick, Tom Brady. I'm going to look into it a little bit. We might, I don't know. He worked out for me. Yeah, but we might have to do some upgrades to because we're a team on that one. The we lo- are. We are the Loyal Littles podcast. Together. Together for that. We have our own teams for the Loyal Littles mm-hmm. Fantasy Football League, but as far as for the podcast one, we're a team. So we're going to have to look into that because we're on the bottom now. So yep. I mean, we're it, on it the varies, chopping block. It varies week to week, but sad to see Smitty Scoop go. Now, speaking of that, one getting, well, he wasn't voted out. He got taken out but survivors back roxy we're very excited about that next week right yeah the 19th or no the 21st something like that the 21st yeah. oh we're yep. very excited about that can't wait i hope it's a little better because we knew last season wasn't going to be great because it was a replica of the other season because of the way they did it because of covid yeah 41 so, and 42 so we're hope because they filmed those back to back when they finally got the rights i can't believe to go it's 43 and, already i know right it's crazy wow so but we're looking forward to that speaking of other tv talk we're gonna have to go more into depth on this another time because we don't have a lot of time here but Roxy and I once again we didn't do it like we did New Year's Eve where we did it all in one sitting we were up to like four in the morning we did it all in one sitting (laughs) but Cobra Kai season five just came out earlier this week amazing it's amazing littles I'm telling you if you're my age or anything to do with if you like the Karate Kid at all start it from the beginning seasons three and four were just eh yeah for us yeah but 
they were they fine. They were like filler seasons, but I they, feel they like. But they didn't suck or anything, but they really did. Now, the interesting thing is, from what I hear on the street, it's done. They said season five would be it. However, but they kind they of kind of left the door open They left the door bit, totally open. A little bit. And they money left talks. it ajar. Money talks. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. And if they get enough feedback yeah. that they want a season six, I bet they do it. Yeah. Because they left, as you said, the door ajar. Yeah. It did kind of have, it's, it was interesting. Thing, it kind of had a things conclusion. Things wrapped up, but there are other things that... Yes. It's like, okay. Okay. I see you. Yeah, right, right. You. We see you peeking through that crack. We're okay. going to see how much money you can make, and then we'll see if we're going to do a season six. <laughs> right. But it was great. It yeah. Was, it was a really, oh my really gosh. great series. I, if you get a chance, check it out. It took me on an emotional roller coaster, honestly. Yeah. No, it was great. <laughs> we'll go more into it when all we right. have time. And but. now we have a quick congratulations, Roxy. Yeah. All right. So first of all, we the casts were announced yep, and for the Rockettes. So Roxy yeah. now knows you are in the blue cast. We I can am say the, that, right? I am the morning shift. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's yes. The, can we say the blue cast, right? Yeah. There's a blue and a gold. Yes. So she's in the blue. Yep. So and once, that's where I've been for the last yeah, and she loves it. number of years, and I love the schedule. I hate it because you're up at like five in the morning to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it, but that's okay. This isn't about me. It's about you. But then I have my nights free. Right. That's true. That's so, very true. <laughs> usually I'm in bed, but <laughs> and you do you do really well not trying to like wake me up and stuff. Yeah. And we have a whole system because yeah. we're in a tiny one bedroom apartment. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm happy for you because that's the one you wanted. Yes. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And they also list. Because I, I was asking, I was looking at the list and seeing who she's with and if I knew anyone else and to see the highlighted names. And I was like, what's that? And she's like, oh, those are the rookies. Those are the new people. Yep. So we just want to take a quick congratulations, Natalie Butt. She's became a Rockette this year. Natalie Butt. I have no idea who that is. You have no, we're wondering, Ed, any relation? Do you I, have like I, a distant cousin, niece, something? Yeah, I don't know. Spelled the same way. Natalie Butt. It's a Natalie good icebreaker question. That is. Yeah. So Do any- you have a relative <laughs> named Ed? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You'll go up and go... <laughs> Do you have a yeah, is Uncle Ed? Do you know Uncle Ed? <laughs> just or maybe just go La Cheeserie and see what she does. Probably not. <laughs> probably not gonna work. Probably not gonna work out. No. But yeah, so I will be in the morning shift. So I wouldn't say if you want to come see me, I wouldn't say buy your tickets yet because I don't have the official. Yeah, we don't schedule. have the schedule yet. There are a few days, especially Saturdays and Sundays, where I'm not quite sure what the breakdown is going to be with the splitting of right. the. Can, but I can tell yeah. you, if you want to see me specifically, do not buy tickets for Thursdays because right. Thursday's that is a day off. that is my line's day off. And then if you do only want to come see an evening show, come that on would a be Tuesday. Tuesday because that's the other lines off, and they do all of them. How yes. many do you do? It's like four at least, right? We do up to four a day. That's crazy. Each line. And then there could be up to well, six. The day they have off. It's just you guys. Yeah, we can do up to four in that right. day. Right. That's just mm-hmm. crazy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you, and those will be like at night. So if you do want to attend an evening performance, the Tuesday would be the best shot. But yep. we'll post the schedule when I she's allowed a, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. As soon as I get one that I'm allowed to post right now, we don't have anything. Right. Um, but as soon as I get something that I can post, I will post it and just let me know. That's great. And then lastly, I just want to talk about this kind of tying the whole thing on with a bow this whole Syracuse Mets event. Thank you to everyone out there. Obviously, Jason and Jake and all our, what you were just- All our new listeners. Yeah, all our new listeners. We see you. And our we're new very friends. excited to have you on board. We hope you enjoy this episode and we hope you'll stick around. And this will be fun. Speaking of, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. Just go to the website, lecheesery.com. <laughs> What else did you hear that? That's right. New feature. Speaking of Jake, I think it's okay that we publicly announced that because he kind of outed himself. Yeah, he put it on Facebook. Jake bought the the domain for lecheesery.com. Now, of course, you could go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. But Jake went and purchased lecheesery.com and so graciously and generously included us. He what he did was he linked the lecheesery, the Calvert Woodley website, the TK podcast website. And the Loyal Littles podcast website, all to lecheesery.com. Amazing. So it's up to you. You go to lecheesery.com, then you click on our link to take a, us to our website, website, and all our information is there, our email address, whatever. Mm-hmm. If for all you new listeners, make sure you head on over there and fill out the form to come on the podcast, because we'd love to meet you. Yes. Now, we already told a couple of you, you have to mm-hmm. come on. The two guys from Buffalo and our winner from South Carolina, for yep. sure. But all the Littles that were there, we'd, we'd love to have you on our podcast and meet you for our Meet the Little segment. Yes. And speaking of our Meet the Littles guest, thank you, Bob McWilliams, once again, for coming on to Meet the Littles. That was so much fun. And thank you, Sean Morrissey, Brian Moeller, and Nick Milkey for our bumpers this episode. All right, Roxy. And don't forget, of course, if you need fog-free eyewear, I mean, why wouldn't you? Right. Go to fogfreeeyewear.com. And if you need a new grip for your stick, which, I mean, why, why wouldn't, wouldn't you? you? Everyone needs a grip for their stick, right? Just go to stickgrip.com and don't forget to use the code. Use the code. 
it appeared there was some serious, serious, serious <laughs> brain cell loss going on. <laughs> podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Yeah, do it! Oh, yeah.